Weekly Loss Podcast, episode number 233. Hey, cool, you fixed it. Don't expect anything. The chances of getting a signal are slim at best. Static's good, right? No. Reception is good. Wait, what's that? It's Russo's signal. Oh, crap. But this radio has a wider bandwidth. <laughs> That's what you call a party in a podcast. Hold it! Stop, do you hear that? Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Production Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Party in a Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And of course, this is our weekend review for the Weekly Lost Podcast, where we're going to be talking about The Substitute. The substitute. I have a question before we start. Okay. Um, do you know what episode that that clip came out of that's in the intro? No, I have no clue. Because, like, okay, the only reason that it works is because I've kind of, like, separated the fact that that's my cackle that, that is played in there. Yes. Right, so I've, I've separated that out. But right now I'm wondering, what was so funny? <laughs> like... Oh, what were we laughing about? I what was so no, funny? What had happened? I have was, no idea. Anyway, but it's there, there have been times that you and I just started cracking oh, I up know. uncontrollably. I know. Uh, anyway, I want to know what, what was so funny. I have no idea. We were Which having a party, though. It probably would not be funny today. It know? probably would be. I think so. Uh, yeah. Eh, anyway. It's timeless humor, babe. Timeless right. humor. Hey, we're we're glad to be back Season here. 6, episode 4. Yeah, season 6, episode 4. A Locke-centric episode. You know I'm a huge Locke fan. I do know that. And one of us is not. Well, that only leaves the other one. I mean, <laughs> I'm it's not, not like it's not like I've hit it or anything. I'm not, not like saying any. Closet. I'm not saying any names. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of it. No, no, no. I'm, hey. I have never been a Locke fan. That. Hey. Hey, go ahead. Finish that sentence. No, go ahead. You've never been a long fan. Okay. So I just want to say we've got tons and tons of stuff to cover tonight. Right. I'm hoping we can get through it all. I just want to say for those of you who are listening in podcast land and also those of you who are in the chat room, it looks like we've got several people since the pre-show. We are recording this live, by the way. You can join us on the weekends at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time at gspn.tv slash live. We also record the initial reaction live on the internet at gspn.tv slash live. You can join us at 10.15 p.m. Eastern time for the live show right after that if you're on the East Coast and uh, want to participate. Um, but also, we want to let you know that you can get show notes. And in tonight's show notes, there are even screen captures uh, that will be relevant to the things that we're talking about. And you can find those anytime, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at gspn.tv slash lost233 and that's because this is episode number 233 of the lost podcast hey we're just going to jump right in to our first call of the week uh for the weekend and this comes from bronson hey cliff and stephanie this is bronson grooms from lebanon indiana i just wanted to call and leave a little bit um i was watching the lost podcast or watching lost last night i got home from work about 12.30 at night. Couldn't go to bed without watching it first. And, of course, when I, before I left for work this morning, I had to download the podcast. I'm listening to it on the way to work, and I hear you talking about um, Richard being uh, running around like a scared little boy. Uh, I actually was watching that last night, and uh, one, that's one thing that stood out to me was that when Richard was face-to-face with 
the fake lock or smoke eater, whatever you want to call him, uh, he was very determined. He had a very determined, strong, uh, sure of himself look in his face. But when he wasn't face-to-face with him, he was terrified. Uh, one other thing I noticed was uh, John, uh, when John and Helen were sitting in the bathroom, Helen mentioned, uh, you know, we can get together with, with my parents and your dad. That leads us to believe that uh, John Locke now has a strong one-on-one relationship with his father. That uh, there's no uh, no animosity there between them. So who pushed him out the window? What paralyzed him? And uh, actually, I am also looking very much forward to finding out what uh, Dogan and his uh, first sergeant, uh, Sergeant Pepper, what I'm going to call him, because he reminds me of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club man. Or you could call it Dogan Heroes and Sergeant Pepper if you want to. Anyhow, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with them next. So uh, keep up the great work. I really appreciate all that you guys do. And uh, look forward to the next podcast. Have a great one. Bronson, thank you so much for calling in. And I just want to say something, Stephanie, real quick here. And that is I am blown away by the fact that I completely missed the whole situation with Locke and his dad. You and missed that? I totally missed I'm, it. I, I'm sorry. There was so much to bring up that that's just one of the things that that got missed. But Helen totally said, we can, you know, something small with my parents and your dad. Yeah. I totally did not catch that at I'm all. I'm sorry. I didn't even know that there was a wedding. I'm, I'm serious. It's like, that's how much I don't care about the relationship. Crap. You didn't know that she was planning a wedding? No, I had no clue. I'm sitting there. Yes, I promise. I'm, I don't try to kick me. Stop that. Ouch. I had no clue. Are we she, watching the same show? I, I don't know what happened. I just knew that they were together. I didn't know that they were planning a wedding. And, and it's like, and it's all over the place. What? I mean, I don't know. What babe, is the matter with you? I have no idea. Put I, down the iPhone, put down the MacBook and pay attention. I am so sorry. Will you forgive me? Because I completely missed it. But I'm glad. Well, I mean, it, it's it's nothing personal. It's your own. You know, you're only you're only neglecting yourself. Well, I'm not neglecting myself at all. You know why? Because I have a wonderful community of people who. But wouldn't it been nice to be able to say I caught that the first time myself? Oh, I don't have to say that. In <laughs> fact, I'm I'm certain that I'm not the only person that missed it. Okay, maybe I am. I'm certain you probably are. Did anybody in the chat room, did anybody else miss the fact that Locke and his dad's got a good relationship in the alternate time universe thing? I mean, or am I alone? I think you're alone. Somebody call in and tell me. You've got to be alone. Amanda says, she says, I never admit when when I miss something. Thank you. Don't. Because let him believe that, that... All right, somebody. Okay, Taylor said he missed it the first time. Good, good. I'm glad I'm not the only person. So See? you know, it's it's. Um, Jeff says you're alone. Yeah, you're alone, dude. I'm all alone. Hey, but hey, I'm glad for Jeff Spence who who puts together our audio clips because now I, no wait hold on I'm, I'm still stuck on this because I can handle you missing the whole dad thing, but yeah. to miss the wedding, I mean that's I totally just totally missed the wedding. Put down the MacBook. Show up to the chat room when the show's over mm-hmm. and pay attention. I know. I know. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, it, and, and I realize it's in the fr- I'm going to play two audio clips here. Okay. And it's in both of them. I know. All right. So here's Helen talking about preparing for the wedding. I am so sick of caterers and bands and picking. Okay. So so basically caterers and bands. Maybe. <laughs> hold on. 
maybe they're planning a high school reunion. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Is that possible? I don't know. Let's listen to the rest of the clip. I am so sick of caterers and bands and picking fabrics for chair backs. What do you say we just get my parents and your dad and do it shotgun style in Vegas? No, you All right. deserve better than that, Helen. And we can do this. I've you never know. heard of any I'm last like reunions shotgun being style. shotgun style. I meant this one. You are a very sweet man uh, anyway I, so so there it is uh somebody let's see jeff wrote in here this is uh from jeff and indy he says if helen wants to invite john's dad did he injure john or did something else happen to john i'd say something else happened all right he says um, the fact that helen is with john lends itself to the idea that john was not obsessed with his dad and just sue what did just sue write in the forum okay i'm really starting to wonder if um Smokey, and then all the other names. <laughs> oh, and Men in Black, uh, Esau. Esau, whatever. <laughs> well, whatever. Wasn't telling the truth about Jacob pulling people's strings. We see in Locke's storyline that he has a good relationship with his father. Helen now likes him and wants him at the wedding. Locke has a picture of the two of them on display in his cubicle. Picture included in our show notes, by the way. Um, so maybe the change in events has called a caused a reality where Locke's father didn't become a scumbag con artist because that was no longer necessary. Maybe Jacob had been the one to point him in that direction. And if he didn't bring about the ruin of the Ford family, it may explain why James is not as mean and bitter in this new reality. Very interesting. Well, I'm glad, like I said, I'm thankful for our, our community because I had not had a chance to go and watch the episode a second time. But as the result of <laughs> our community, still once, missed it. I, no, I wouldn't have missed it a second time. Come on. <laughs> I, cause I wouldn't had, I wouldn't have been distracted with the live chat room. All right. So moving along, here's, here's another audio clip. And yes, the wedding is mentioned again. again. Welcome back, Colonel. Wow. You got a nice tan in Australia. Did you miss us? Sure. I did. Randy. So how was the conference, John? I was okay. I didn't really learn anything. No. But, um, I made some good contact, though. Really? That's interesting. See, uh, Ken Fisher called and said you had to cancel your lunch with him. Oh, right, right. I was a little under the weather that day. Uh, probably jet lag. Really? Because then the seminar people called and said you hadn't picked up your credentials? I did some checking. And it seems that you didn't attend a single event. Since we sent you to Sydney on the company's dime, where the hell were you? Look, Randy, I'm really sorry. I'm... Why don't we just call that my vacation week? I thought you wanted that vacation week in October, you know, for your wedding. <gasps> Please. For the I, wedding. I know I shouldn't have lied. Your wedding. Where I was, yeah. it's personal, and I, and I really don't want to talk about it. No kidding. Hey, you're fired. You're fired. It's the whole uh, apprentice theme there. Fired. So anyway, Amanda in Michigan says, uh, do we know uh, Ken Fisher? <laughs> I love how we just like we immediately just like, ooh, there's a name. Do we know yeah. this person? It's, know this? it's good stuff. All right. But anyway, um, I just wanted to say that Jeff and Indy also asked a question here. So if Locke didn't attend the company seminar and he didn't go on the walkabout, what the heck did he go away for? What was, Why was he gone for so long? 
He he. I don't know. He had to make it. Well, he went for a conference, so he would have had to have been there the, the same number of days, right? As the business conference right. that he was going to. Exactly. So you think he just? I think he just probably hung out and pouted that he didn't get to go. Or he rolled himself around screaming, "Nobody can tell me what I can and can't do." Right there, you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Fabian from Germany wrote in, and uh, he. Oh, by the way, Fabian, uh, welcome as plus member number three hundred forty-seven. Just. Absolutely. Up Absolutely. for today. Uh, anyway, and for those of you who don't know what plus membership is, we'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, one of the things that I wondered about in this episode, he wrote after Locke got fired, he met Hurley in the car park, which uh, mm-hmm. I guess is how they say that in Germany. But anyway, uh, Hurley uh, parked his car too close to John, so he could not get in uh, get his chair. Uh, or get it, you know he, what I'm he saying. He couldn't get in his car. <laughs> exactly. He says, the thing that I questioned myself, how could Hurley get out of his car? I mean, I don't want to be mean, but Hurley seems a little <laughs> too big to me. Anyway, thought that it may be just a little bit funny, but the episode was awesome. You know what's funny is that I thought the same thing. I didn't think about it really? at all, but no, it makes I'm total like, sense. It's like, wait a second. <laughs> it was Hurley must wait, be really yeah. lucky to be able to get out of the car yeah. like that. God love him. I yeah. mean, God, we love Jorge, but a prop dude parked that car. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Too funny. All right. So let's see here. Badger wrote in the forum, since we are calling the man in black flock, I thought I'd pass along something I thought was hilarious about Claire and Rousseau. She or she says it would be hilarious if we called her Clouseau. Clouseau. Well, that could work. There you go. It, Jeff is saying in the chat room that it was the passenger side, but it was the passenger side of John's van and the driver's side of Hurley's. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure so, it was. Yeah, well, no, I'm saying that it was. Oh, okay, uh, there you go. That's what I'm saying. Got anyway, it. Anyway, yep. um, I could go back and watch it again. We might have to. Maybe we should. Clearly, because you didn't catch much. I didn't catch much at all. <laughs> but I did. Clouseau seems kind of. I don't know. Clouseau. I, I think it's funny. Stretching. Right. Anyway, um, now this one I'm not sure about. Jeff threw this in here in the audio clips file and he says hey cliff listen to this and tell me if this doesn't sound like the alarm in the hatch and of course this is Locke's alarm clock that he woke to it does does that sound like it i i, don't I, I can't remember I don't remember but well the, I, I guess were there were there two alarms because there, i remember there was the one that went Really I, like, I know, noise. I know, I shouldn't do it. The thing is, is I think what we would need is we would actually Sounds need... Sounds like a dead animal. I know it does. That, that was horrible. But uh, they're saying in the chat room, it does sound like it. So here it okay. is again. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, it, very interesting. And, and that would make sense that they would do that too. It as, does. By the they, way. They, all have to, they all have to cross mm-hmm. at, at you know some point. Exactly. All right. So anyway, moving along, uh, uh, moving along. Everything has to cross at some point. Exactly. In some way. Anyway. Matt Anderson called in about the replacements, and this is what Matt Anderson had to say. Hello, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Matt Anderson from The Lost Report calling from Minnesota about the weekly Lost podcast. Earlier today, I had an epiphany about Lost. I was thinking about that scene where Man in Black threw the white stone off of the scale and how that represented that now the, the island is ultimately off balance because Jacob has died. And we know that there seems to be a, a need for a replacement for Jacob, and that's what the candidates are about. But I was thinking, I bet that the man in black also needs a replacement. 
and that he really wants to go home, and so he's actually manipulating Sawyer into a position where Sawyer will become the Man in Black's replacement, and then Man in Black can finally get off the island. But then we have to look at who would be Jacob's replacement, so I'm going to throw it out there and predict that, that Jack Shepard is going to become Jacob's replacement. And so then, you know, we've seen Jack and Sawyer at odds since season one, so now this will go on eternally. They will be the two forces on the island that are, uh, you could say, doing battle or just coexisting in anger. Uh, but that is my theory. Thanks for a great podcast, guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right, All right Matt. Hey, while he was calling in, by the way, okay. I love the chat room. There's, they were giving, they were coming up with more names for flock and yeah. men in black, and they what was one man in lock, man in lock. Like There's the lockless monster, yeah. And my my personal favorite, unlock, unlock, unlock. Okay, um, I have to say that I don't agree with the Jack and Sawyer thing. You that that they're both replacements. One's a replacement yeah. for Jacob. One's a replacement for yeah. Um, yeah. unlock. Smoky, whatever. We need a name, John. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't agree. I would. Um, while I have my own story written for Jack, I'm. I'm sure it, it was not accepted, and it will not play out the way it is in my mind. What is your story I for Jack? Wish to not share that. Oh come and, on! Um, You've got to share it. Not right now. I don't. All right. It's got holes. I got. I got to fix it. <laughs> like my theories don't have holes. Hello. Uh, yep. That's what makes it fun that you shared it so soon. All right. Um. So so, but I think that it has to be Jack and John because it's the whole. Eric, Eric says Smokey with a chance of lock. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's kind of funny. It is funny. Um. Okay, so here, here's the, I think Jack and Locke make more sense because of the man of science and the man of faith. Yes. Um, so if it has to be anybody, it would be those two. Um, and I disagree with the whole Jack and Sawyer because, because it seems that John Locke is completely gone now. John Locke has died, and this is whoever this is, right? you know? Um, so it wouldn't be Jack and Sawyer at odds. It would be Jacob and his nemesis. It would no longer be Jack and Sawyer. Oh, okay. Are you following? Yeah, me? I see what okay. you're saying. It wouldn't be Jack. They would cease to exist. They would cease to exist in the same way that John Locke has, has ce- right. ceased to exist. Okay. Well, I tell you, um, Matt, it's an interesting theory. Um, and while Stephanie may not agree with it, um, which is totally fine, uh, you're not alone because in the forum, somebody else wrote this, uh, John, uh, Rob in Michigan wrote in the forum. He says, if there should be a war at the temple, will a white smoky appear? Number one, I love that. That would be cool. Would that be cool? A white smoke monster? It'd have to make different noises though. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, but still, I would love to see a white smoke monster. Anyway, I, he says being Jacob, of course, will one of the candidates turn into the white smoky? Uh, and flock appear as the black smoky, so it'd be the white against the black. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. And of course, I'd want to see the transformation like they did in New Moon. Uh, anyway, that would be so cool. <gasps> Only if their clothes explode off in the air. Yeah, exactly. right. Okay. Yeah, gonna have to get some new shoes again. <laughs> anyway, also, uh, I well, but by the way, real quick, can I just give a shameless plug to TwilightSagaPodcast.com? dot sure. com? Why not? Head over to TwilightSagaPodcast.com. dot com. Stephanie and I have. Uh, uh, we've got well if you we don't have know. enjoyed the books and endured the movies exactly exactly 
Uh, let's see here. But anyway, he says, also, I wonder if Jack and James will be on the opposite sides of the battle and Kate will be forced to kill one or the other. Or herself. <laughs> Stephanie, did you just say that? No. Oh, my gosh. Did I say that out loud? I think you just did. I know I did. She has to play some important role. If she's there and isn't a candidate, doesn't she? Uh, and here's the. It would seem so at this point. In the in the um, show notes, I've actually put a link to that conversation in the forum. Right. Unless her only role is to connect, <laughs> reconnect Claire and Aaron. Right. Can't that be her important role? Why does Kate's? I'm so tired of this. Why does Kate's important role have to involve Jack and James? It's just well, it's overplayed. <laughs> well, I'd say overplayed. I love that you said that. I, because I'm not, and I'm not. I, I'm not even directing that at, at Rob. That's so directed at at my beloved writers. Yes. It's overplayed. I'm tired of it. You better stop it or else they're going to stop showing up in your dreams. They probably will. That, you know, they didn't show up this week. So there you okay. go. Well, hey, um, you, you mentioned that it's overplayed and uh, that Kate has a role. We're going to get to a theory a little bit later on from Stephen in the UK, mm-hmm. I believe. And he's going to talk about um, the fact that everybody's like a game piece. Oh, okay. It's it's an interesting theory. I've heard a lot about it, so uh, I'm looking forward to That's reading the one it tonight. You said you haven't read yet. Yes, right? I haven't read it all the way through. All the way. But uh, it, it the little bit that I did read seems pretty darn interesting. All right. So, do you remember last weekend, Melanie from Ohio called in? She called in twice and left us a 10 minute message. Well, she tried yes. again this weekend. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, go back to gspn.tv slash lost slash or no gspn.tv slash lost 231 is the show notes from last weekend if you want to hear melanie's 10 minute message i put a link to it so you can listen to the whole thing well this week she did call back with a shorter message and she unfortunately she kind of like rushed through real fast but i apologize <laughs> melanie for making you feel like under the pressure there but uh let's but he's hear- good at that he does it to everyone i do do that to everyone and so here you go melanie this is her uh, call for this week Hi, this is Melanie from Ohio calling from the Calling for the Lost podcast. Um, I apologize for being so uh, lengthy the last time. I'll try to keep it really quick this time. Um, I just had a really quick thought about Sawyer at the end um, with Esau, man, you know, Smokey, whatever we're calling him right now. Basically, um, I think that Sawyer is... You know, he may not care about Jack or Kate right now, but I still have this hunch that he's going to care about, you know, Hurley and Miles to a certain extent and not want to hurt them. And when Richard told him, if you care about any of your other friends, you're not going to follow, you know, Smokey. You're going to, you know, stay away from him. So I just think that possibly he's making Smokey think that he's going to follow him and be on his side. But I just wonder if Sawyer's possibly even conning the, you know, ultimate con man himself, you know, Esau. And just a thought, um, you know, it would just be an interesting thing. Probably not right, but just my thinking. Great podcast. Can't wait to hear you guys on Saturday. Bye. All right, Melanie, thank you so much. And by the way, thank you for calling in, even Absolutely. though I... Absolutely. You know, I, I, I put you under the gun there. You should hear our conversations at our dinner table. We all talk really fast. We do all talk really fast. <laughs> because Cliff's always putting the pressure on. No, I'm kidding. Th- that part I'm kidding about. Yeah, but we do all talk really fast. We do talk really fast. Because um, we're all fighting for a word in edgewise. But, um, we're a family of talkers. We are. Yes. I wonder where they get it. I don't, I don't know. have the slightest. It's probably how we've got more than 2,000 podcast episodes. <gasps> Maybe. Maybe. So much to say. Um, now I forgot what I was going James. to say. 
Do you think that James. that Miles and um, Hurley is going to be a factor in whether or not he in his, joins Team Flock? I do. I I do. I I think I would agree with her. Um, we can't forget that James spent three years with Miles in 1977. Well, buddy, buddy. Obviously, up till 1977. Right. Um, right. They worked hand in hand and became good friends. So. I think that absolutely, just because they say your friends back there, it's easy to assume that, you know, he would mean Jack and Kate, but that's not what he means. Right. I think it's deeper. Exactly. All right. So the next thing is, and of course, we got a picture of this, a screen capture. Which thank, is totally creepy. Yeah. Thank you to GetLostPodcastMedia.com uh, for this. But uh, who is the bo- who is the blonde little boy and why did he have blood on his hands? I told you he had blood on his hands. You did On Tuesday me. night, you said. Do you know what you said? What? <gasps> I didn't see that. I know I didn't see that. You see was, it now? I do see it. He's like straight out of a horror flick. He's disgusting. It is. It, it looks just like a horror flick. It's very creepy. And like his face is all broody and sad and it's just creepy. Well, this is a conversation that's going on in the forum related to this. And I'm going to, we're going to go back and forth. And I'm okay. going to start off with Just Sue who wrote, my first instinct was this, that this is Jacob. Whoever it was had blood on his hands. Perhaps it was even Smokey himself in his original body. Um, so that her first, her first instinct that it was Jacob, but I'm going to go with her second instinct. She says, uh, perhaps it was Smokey himself in his original body. It was just ironic since Smokey always made people face up to their past by confronting them with apparitions of the people they've wronged. It took, it looked like he was getting a taste of his own medicine. I like that because he actually looked a little freaked out once he caught up to, the boy also. Yeah. You know, and the whole, the only thing that the whole, um, like third party, you you can't, you can't kill him. Don't, don't free, you can't kill him. Right. You know, so that was, um, as if it was an outsider sharing that information, but I like that, that it would be him and his original body. Yes. I liked him and his original body. And I think we're going to get to it. Um, here in a little bit because some other people wrote some things and, and if we don't get to it exactly then then I'll bring it up but go ahead and read what she who finds things in Love the forum wrote my first instinct oh is it's that the, the same, same thing? <laughs> well, ho- my first instinct is that Cliff posted the exact same message you know what hold on I will I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll go to the forum and and uh, find out where I got this wrong so just Sue, okay so just Sue did write what I just said and she who finds things said, I've got it right here. She who finds things said, I just saw it. Uh, he had the look of Jacob, but could have also been Aaron. I think the show some is, oh, I think the show did some careful casting here. They want us to wonder about this. All right. That's what she who finds thing wrote. Okay. So who's next and what did they write? Okay. Eric Fisher wrote, I predict this is Smokey's original form. Which I have to agree with. I think that, and and I even thought this on Tuesday, I think that saying it's Aaron is just stretching. Okay. I don't know. For me. I don't think it's Aaron at all. For me. I think that to say that this is Aaron, who we know is not on the island right now. Right. It, it's just stretching a little bit. And Aaron's not dead. Right. Right. Yep. So I, I, I think Aaron's pretty much out of the question. I, I it's Anything's possible, but I think, I think we're looking at either... The thing that leads me to think Jacob is because... 
the boy has the appearance of looking like Jacob, like a, a young Okay, but Jacob. that's not that. But who well, says that that's Jacob's original? That that the adult Jacob that we met is his original body, right? Yeah, as he's aged. I mean, there, there's they've been playing this game for years. That isn't that what they said at the end? Yes, of season five in the finale. Exactly. You know, it, it keep what they? How did they say it? You know, um, it keeps ending the same. So they they've been playing this game for quite a while. I think to say that that Jacob's child body and adult body looking similar. Um, because it's the same is, is a far fetch if they've been at this as long as they say they have. Yeah, and that seemingly the bodies don't age. Right. Am I making any sense? You are making sense. Okay. All right, Mary J. Who came to our premiere party and she uh, yes, wrote she in the forum. Here's she another, says, um, "Oh, go ahead. It's my turn. You you read lots. <laughs> Here's another thought on the little boy that I saw on a different message board. Um, first, you must." First, you must assume that the boy is Jacob. Remember how MIB told Jacob how much he wanted to kill him and that he would find a loophole. Since he got Ben to kill Jacob, he thinks he found the loophole and that Jacob is now dead. But what if when Jacob touched each of the losties, he passed along some of his power? Thus, Jacob's power all question mark some question mark we don't know how much is now spreading among the people who he touched jack saeed kate sawyer hurley son and jen Locke. um that's why i think it's so important that they all be together in the temple to harness jacob's power to defeat mib so it's an interesting theory it is it's it's a lot um harry potter ish yes the horcrux the, the horcrux right um so maybe when the little boy said you can't kill him he meant both sawyer and jacob um he can't kill sawyer because part of jacob lives in sawyer okay um and before someone says something about Locke being dead even though jacob gave him some of his power ben is the one who killed Locke, not mib now what now, what happened to the part of Jacob's power that he transformed to Locke? I have no idea. However, we'll learn that as the season progresses. Or hopefully we will. Um, could it be possible that the power transferred from Locke to Ben? To Ben. That would be interesting. That would that would be very interesting. It would. Um, I like that theory, though. It's kind of cool. All right. Eric Fisher says in the forum, he says, I like that theory. However, I have another. The true fight in this light versus dark is Smokey versus the island. Uh, he isn't trying to get rid of Jacob because Jacob is his nemesis. Uh, he's trying to get rid of him because he protects the island. I think Jacob is not the highest, the highest man on the totem pole and thus the light side. Uh, I picture it more like the island being God and men in black or man in black uh, as created being who now has a problem with the island equal, you know, entity equal Satan. Anyway, that makes Jacob like another angel. All right. And then Patrick wrote this. He says, I hope after, I hope after 15 years or so, uh, I'm not spoiling a certain video game, uh, but the game missed, which is interestingly enough, opens with the, uh, opens with the four, four letters of the name appearing on the screen. And then you see a lone man fall from the sky. In Mist, it was part of the backstory, but could also be the player in the game too. The player in Mist 
appears at the edge of an island, encounters mysterious things, unlocks mysteries, and several places of protection. In the game, it's how you got to the different ages, a.k.a. levels, um, sort of reminds me how the Dharma hatchet, you know, sort of reminds me of the Dharma hatches. During the gameplay, you struggle to find out which of the two trapped brothers you should help, only discover that helping either one out was bad news, and it was their dad who was the one in real trouble. Remember somebody saying, help me. Anyway, in Myst, you have seemingly magical books that can transport you to other places. In Lost, we have frozen donkey wheels. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And that conversation goes on Is in there a the reason form. that you made it plural? What? Like you said, in Lost, we have frozen donkey wheels. No, I... I Is I, there a reason that you made it plural? I, I just... No. I'm just asking. No, I just... Do you know something that I don't know? Oh, I don't know anything that you don't know. As far as I'm concerned, there's only one. There's a frozen donkey wheel. <laughs> okay. Is that better? Yeah, I was just, you know, I just was just checking... Okay, very cool. Well, hey, I we we weren't going to do this ever, but uh, you know, I'm going to throw this in here real quick. Um, we had mentioned in our initial reaction that this episode right here, the weekend review was going to be the first episode that would just be available only to our plus members. But I wanted to make sure that everybody had the opportunity to hear the message that, you know, future episodes, a lot of them are going to be for plus members only. This is what Stephanie and I do for a living. And rather than me go on and on and give you a commercial about it, we've got a wonderful uh, little promo for gspn.tv plus membership right here. Hi, this is Tess from London, England, and I am a gspn.tv plus member. Now, when people hear I'm a Plus member, they often say to me, Tess, my dear, don't you realize that this Plus membership thing is all a big scam? Here you are sending your hard-earned English pounds over the internet to some dash colonial fella you've never met, who probably still owes King George III a couple hundred years of back taxes. And all you get for it is uncountable hours of top-quality podcasting entertainment and the joy of knowing you're helping at least one poor soul escape a soul-sucking job in insurance. What's up with that? And then there's this pause, and they go, oh. And I see the light of realisation in their eyes, and the next thing you know, they're annoying you by writing on the gspn.tv forum that John Locke sucks, and how if you play Danielle Rousseau's message backwards at half speed, it actually says, join the community. So you have to be careful how you spend your cash. Instead of wasting 10 bucks a month to support Cliff and Stephanie live lives of open authenticity, you could buy like three lattes. And maybe a muffin. So you know what to do, right? Right. gspn.tv plus membership. Sign up today or we'll nag you again tomorrow. Sign up today or we'll nag you again tomorrow. That's awesome. Hey, folks. You know, I was the one who wrote on the forum that John Locke sucks. I know you were. No, really, I wasn't. But I would totally take the claim for it. There you go. Well, hey, if you want to learn how to become a gspn.tv plus member, what it's all about, head over to gspn.tv slash plus. It is a way that you can get every single episode of not just this, but all 24 of our podcasts that we produce. And not only that... But for those of you who cannot become a Plus member for whatever reason, you'll still be able to enjoy us live at gspn.tv slash live, both for the initial reaction if you're, you know, if as long as you're on the East Coast and you, or if you're on the West Coast and you don't want to be, don't mind being spoiled. Uh, but you can also join us on for the weekend show at gspn.tv slash live 
at uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and uh, we don't charge for that at all. Anyway, moving along, thank you very much for allowing me to play that. And again, that I just wanted to give a, people a little bit more advance notice that some of these episodes are getting ready to go into the Plus Member Only feed. All right, next up we have Amy from Florida, and she's calling about some dreams that she's been having too there. Stephanie? Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Amy from Florida calling for the Weekly Lost Podcast. Stephanie, I, too, have dreamt of Darlton. It is a br- freaky, actually, and I tend to see lost in everyday moments, too. Like this weekend when my four-year-old watched Peter Pan and the story about a mysterious faraway island featuring lost boys began, this has all happened before, and it will all happen again. Again, freaky. Anyway, I think Claire's sonogram was dated with her due date, 10 as she was 36 weeks pregnant and so four weeks away. This is consistent with on-island action as well. Also, I've been rewatching season one and have to wonder, when Saeed, Shannon, and Sawyer shot up bottle rockets and made that fireworky-like flare, did the Temple others think Jacob was dead? Or did that warning system from Richard come later in the show? Something to, pon- something just to ponder. Thanks for all you do. I love that question. That's a good question. I never thought about that because the fire rocket obviously indicated to Richard that something bad had happened. Right. And, of course, they shut up a flare. Hmm. I like that theory. I wonder, I wonder if we'll see anything related to that. And if we do, Amy, we know to where to give the credit to. Absolutely. All righty. And so next up we have... I have to... I'm glad I'm not the only one who dreams of Demon and Carl. Yeah. (laughs) All right. It it makes me feel really good about myself. (laughs) Next up we got Andy in Texas. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie, this is Andy from North Texas calling about the Weekly Lost podcast. Just watched the latest episode, The Substitute. A couple quick things. Did you notice the two posters about dreams over locks to his left side whenever he was being interviewed at the temp agency? Might say something about the flash sideways. Um, and then I just think that neither Smokey or Jacob are good or bad. They both just want the heck off that island. They're bound by some kind of rules. Which leads me to my crackpot theory. I was wondering if maybe Jacob and and uh, Smokey were actually at one point Desmond and Kelvin trapped there on the island by Dharma. They had to follow these rules. They were there, supposedly pressing the button to save the world. Neither one of them could leave without the other. They had to get a replacement, like they talked about tonight. I don't know. Could be some correlation there. You guys shoot holes in it all you want. Thanks for doing the show. Appreciate all your podcasts. Take care. All right. I miss Locke. Bye. <laughs> I miss Locke. <laughs> I like how he threw it in at the end. I miss Locke. Bye. All right. Uh, no, I did not notice the posters. You didn't. Did you? Yes. And what did they say? I don't remember exactly what they said. Okay. But they were on the wall. All right. Well, anyway, um, he thinks that neither joke, Jacob or Smokey, neither one of them are bad. And that okay. there's a lot of people that are thinking that. And uh, if, if it turns out that Jacob and Smokey, you know, they end up being... Other rend and um other uh in- reincarnations of okay Desmond and uh and and Kelvin then I'll say wow how did you ever guess that all right um uh, next up we have Wayne Henderson you know we've been talking there's been a lot of talk about the fact that uh maybe Kate is innocent right yeah Wayne, our friend Wayne Wayne has this to say hey Cliff and Stephanie this is Wayne Henderson <laughs> from oh, Southern California calling for the Lost podcast. Um, particularly, I mentioned that uh, a listener sent in on your Super Deluxe Weekend Edition of the Weekly Lost Podcast, and that is 
you know, maybe Kate is innocent and is framed. And I'm thinking, although on the surface, I don't think so. <laughs> because if Kate was totally innocent and was just being framed, where did she learn all those awesome skills where she was able to take out that marshal in the women's room at the airport and just beat him down, know how to take off handcuffs, and know how to do all these things if she's innocent? Sorry, Kate, you're guilty. You're going down. You're going down, he says. Okay, so you have to be guilty to know how to do self-defense, self-defense and pick a lock? Uh, picking a lock is questionable. Self-defense, I if it wasn't for picking a lock, I'd say the self-defense is to protect herself from her. But her... notice she wasn't very good at picking the lock. Oh, okay. I don't know. It took her a long time to, I mean. Yeah, then... but can you pick a lock, Steph? Probably. You think so? Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> Would you like to find out? Oh, I would like to find out. Well, maybe I'll have to try it sometime. There we go. Um, if she's not innocent, yeah. as as Wayne is suggesting here, then how are we going to see her storyline be different if we've already seen her centric episode? I don't know. Does everything have to be different? They've said that little pieces of everyone are different. Oh, okay. In the Flash Sideways. I said that to you in like every episode we've recorded so far this season. Okay. So sorry. Well, if you just, you know, make eye contact and listen, we'd be all right. Hey, I've got some good eye contact over here. Look at me. I moved Uh, my monitor. I moved your monitor on Friday. No, I moved it back and I just moved it again. Okay. Goodness gracious. Okay. Hey, speaking of Kate, did you know her name's not on the wall? I did. Because we talked about it. I know. But I mean, the fact is, is that it's just not on the wall yeah. at all. And Ed Davis says in the forum, I think that Cliff erased Kate's name from the, from the rock. Is that what you did? That's what that's what Ed thinks that I did. That's what Ed thinks you did. Hey, this is what Chris K wrote. He says, okay, here's my theory. We know that on the cave wall, Locke is number four. Hurley is number eight. Sawyer is number 15. Saeed was number 16. Jack was number 23. And either Sun, Jin, or even Gian... Gion uh, was number 42. Obviously, we don't know what the numbers are, but since it appears that Jacob and anti-Jacob are playing a game, could the numbers be a point totals that can be earned if you lure that person to your side? Locke was crossed off because he was out of play. Much like chess, Locke was used as a pawn by eight anti-Jacob and was so, uh, sacrificed to potentially win a more valuable piece in Sawyer. I don't think Jacob is dead, so the game goes on. We assume that Hurley is safe in Jacob's camp, so he has eight, so he has eight points. Saeed and Sawyer are leaning towards anti-Jacob, so he has possible 31 points. If Jacob and can get Jack, that's 8 plus 23, which is 31, and we have a tie with Quan, whichever one of the three it is, being the deciding score. What if the game was played in the past with different numbers and always comes out the same or as a tie? It could have some, it could have come out as a tie this time too. Jack, Saeed, and Sawyer for one player, Locke, Hurley, and Quan for the other player, and it ends as a, as a tie at 54. The rules were changed this time when Locke was taken out to make a tie impossible. This was the 
loophole. As to why Kate is not there, what if Quan is Jin and Kate and Son are the wild cards to be used to help lure the most valuable the most valuable pieces, Jack and Jin, to one player's side or the other? Uh, to quote George Carlin, it's thinking like this that kept me out of the, all the good schools. Uh, and here's the link to the conversation. So just so you know, it was actually Chris K who came up with that theory that I was reading in the forum earlier today. So uh, I love this because the question becomes the numbers. You know, is it just a quote unquote list? Because if it's a list and all these names are on there, there was like hundreds. I mean, there was three digit numbers on the on the wall. And so how does I mean, how does how do they become the, you know, like four, eight, 15, those are, those are lower numbers. So you start the list out with those people, you know, those numbers have to be more significant than just, than just the sequential. Right. Because they were on the quarantine door of the hatch. Weren't they on the stuff that they were injecting into Claire when she was pregnant? Yeah. Weren't they? I don't remember. Anyway, maybe I'm making that up. Yeah. The vial. Yeah. It was was on the vial. Okay. They have to be more important than just points because they've been, I like his theory. I love his theory. It's very cool. Yeah. But how would that explain all of the other places that they've shown up? I have no idea. Me neither. I don't either. But um, I I like it. There has to be. I mean, even with all of the other names and numbers on the wall, there has to be more significance to these six numbers. Yeah. Which means there would have to be more significance to these six people. And I still believe Quan is Jin. There you go. Lost, uh, or I'm sorry, Rick from Wisconsin called in, and this is what he has to say. Hey, this is Rick from Wisconsin calling for the Weekly Lost podcast. Um, after listening to your full review for uh, what Kate does, uh, you asked the question about uh, when our, uh, Ando, I think is his name, the or although the guy was going to uh, shoot Jin and the other one warned him that he was one of them and he said he might be one of them, I think we had confirmation this week with the numbers when we saw the name Quan with the number by it and um, we were not sure which Quan that means. Although I'm wondering if it could be both of them or if each number really only represents one person. Because I'm sure there's more than one person with other names just not happening to be on that island. So I I wonder, um, you know, we're assuming, and I think it's probably accurate to assume that each name and number matches the person with that name that is on the island that we've seen. So I, I guess it could only probably be one of them and not either one. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. That's all. All right, Ed, thank you so much. Um, or no, that was, was Rick. Rick. Rick, I'm sorry. Ed uh, is next. Ed is next. Uh, one of them means, uh, you know, we got confirmation. One of them on, he, he might be one of them on the list. We're right. not quite sure. And so definitely we do have that. Uh, do you, and what, what was it that made you think it was, was uh, Jen? All the others are men. Oh, okay. I do want to let you know that they do have screen caps all over online, and there are women on the list. Like for, I didn't say that women could. Well, I guess I did, yeah. but I think in this, in these six people, they're all men. All right. Although I do love sons, so for her to be the only woman on the list would be very cool. Juliet was on the list as well. 
Her name was crossed out. Her last name. Um, what? What's her last name? I don't remember. Uh, Juliet. Hold on. I've got the. But she's not one of the six of the numbers that I'm only. Okay. I'm only talking about the six numbers that we have seen since the beginning. Okay. Hurley's lottery numbers are the only six that I'm talking about. All right. That's it. Gotcha. I'm not saying there weren't other women on the wall whose right. names are, are marked out. All right. I'm only referring to these six. Gotcha. All right. So now we have Ed Davis who calls in some thoughts or called in some thoughts about the substitute and other things. Hi, this is uh, Ed Davis from South Carolina calling in for the Lost Weekly Podcast. Hey, Cliff, and Stephanie. Just wanted to kind of go over um, last night's episode. Really, really liked it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I was a little disappointed that I didn't get to see Claire because that was such a reveal at the last um, episode for like, Kate. But uh, I, I didn't mind. I thought this was, this was great. Um, I know y'all are not super lock fans, but um, I'm just I'm very happy that hey, in now, what I they am were a lock life, um, or timeline that that he's in that he ended up happy. That just made me happy. He's had such a terrible life, and um, I'm glad that he has a woman that accepted him and that loves him, and that um, he got a good job. And got rid of that snaky boss. Anyways, I was just I was just glad for that. Um, and I'm really interested in finding out how um, James is um, pairing up with um, Island Lock. Um, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, one, how they did the numbers. Uh, finally, we got some little bit of clarification on that. Uh, but I liked how he went in there and he had the uh, the oh with the two rocks on it that uh, he saw the, had the white rock and the black rock and he took the white rock and just tossed it out in the ocean as Jacob is no longer. Um, so anyway, thought that was kind of interesting. Little, little tiny things like that is what makes the show. Um, so enjoyed it and uh, looking forward to hear what everybody else has to say about it. Take care. Bye. You know, I'm, I'm also very happy for the locks alternate timeline i liked it too i i really really like that storyline um as far as the scale at the end i had asked in the forum you know what what is the scale all about and she who finds thing wrote this she says the scale is common tool for judgment and myths she says in ancient egypt the scale or balance uh deceased let's see the deceased heart was weighed against a feather which represented the principles of truth and justice if the heart was light they were granted access to the afterlife or fields of the blessed. Uh, If the heart was heavy with the weight of the wrongdoing, uh, it sank. It was tossed to the crocodile god who ate it. Also, she says, the colors. I can't think of any culture where the color black represented good, but there are cultures where the color white means death or mourning. And where, let's see, and weren't the others all dressed in white for a funeral of one of their own back in season three or four? The one where they set out to, the the one where they sent them out to sea? Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Anyway, very interesting stuff. And then, of course, Stephanie, I'm going to need your help here because okay. this is this is lengthy. I have not read it yet, but I've been I, I've seen a lot of conversation happen as a result of it. And I'm hearing that it's a good theory. So. Let's get started here with uh, UK Stevens Theory. You get us started. Okay. <coughs> Sorry. Reasons why Smokey is the light 
side, and that's in quotes, um, the light side of the game. Jacob has been on a long con, and everyone has fell for it. Reasons why Smokey um, slash Man, Man in Black um, are the good side of the island, and Jacob is actually the bad one. Last episode, as Flock is sitting in the rocking chair in front, in in the foot, waiting for Richard, but instead... Bram and his team come in, Jacob's people, what does Flock do? He doesn't attempt to kill them. He simply says, Jacob is gone. You can go. You're free. Which is the same line said to Michael on the, what is that? On the Kahana. Kahana. Okay. Right. Instead, Bram's team fire on Team fire, they fire on him. It's only then, once an attack is initiated on him, that he attacks back. Otherwise, they could have walked right out of there unhindered. All right, the killing of Mister Oki, Mister Echo by Smokey. Now, uh, Mister, well, now Smokey was coming to claim Echo as it looked like he had turned a corner, uh, turned away from his old life of murder and corruption, and found some faith, some redemption. But down on his knees in front of Smokey as Yemi, he said that he did not repent his of his ways. Uh, that he did the best he with his life that he let's see be, did the best with his life and that he asked no forgiveness. Echo was a bad guy till the end, so he was taken out. All Claire, right? Claire isn't infected as the others say she is. Neither is Saeed. Now Smokey has claimed the bodies of Christian Shepherd and Claire, so I think just like we have seen that Claire is quite alive and quite real, so is Christian. Okay. My only question with that is that he supposedly died off island. Right. Um, how does Smokey claim a body if he cannot reach the temple pool? Well, don't forget, the natives only just circled the place with ash when Hurley told them Jacob was dead. So Smokey, or any of his claimed bodies, would have been able to access the pool in the pretense of being on Jacob's behalf. We have seen Christian use Jacob's name before, saying that he is speaking on his behalf, but he only said that because everyone was conned into believing following what Jacob wants is the correct thing to do. This obviously means that uh, the same as, let's see here, this obviously means that the same as Christian Christian and Saeed, Claire must have briefly died, as we suspected back in season four, when the mercs attacked the barracks. Miles knew this because he knew he knew Saeed was dead. When the time was right, Man in Black came and took Claire from the camp once she was fully claimed, as it seems there is a transition period. This would account for Flocks. I'm very disappointed in all of you comment, as he expected that some of them would have found redemption by now, would have been at the point where Smokey could have claimed them as total good guys, there's no faking it from Smokey. He can see into your soul. Although Locke is now this um, man in black reincarnate, he still retains some essence of Locke, um, his memories, etc. So um, let's see. So that's why he feels 
disappointed in all of them as he knows all of them so well. All right. So for all of Locke, for all the Locke lovers, this truly does mean that Locke was always special and did have a destiny. Smokey came for him early on. He had looked into the eye of the island and what he saw was exact opposite to what Echo saw. He saw something beautiful. Why? Because he was a good guy, ready to believe in magic, whereas Echo was a murderer and saw every bad thing he'd done in his life. This explains why Saeed had been claimed by the good side. Just before his death, he repented. He also he realized he had done wrong, torturing and murdering, and thought he was genuine. and And I think he was genuinely sorry. I love that, by the way. The fact that Echo was did a lot of bad. And, they led similar lives, and yeah. one repented and one did not. Right, but I, I love the idea of what John when John looked into the eye of the island, he saw good. I really like that. Anyway, like Locke was right. Um, let's see. Locke was right way back in season one when he said to the others, we're the bad guys. They're the ones who When he uh, said the others were the bad guys. Oh, I'm sorry. When he said the others were the bad guys, they're the ones who've attacked us. They're the ones who've kidnapped and murdered us. Although the others think that they are on the good side, they're doing this for the right reasons. We're the good guys, Michael. They're just acting on uh, on the wrong info from Jacob. All right? Okay. Juliet's brand. I got it. I had to scroll down. Juliet's brand. Now, Juliet received that brand in season three for killing another. But she did it for the right reasons and was a good woman at heart, which is why she was helping the Losties. This brand cast her out of the other society, but it also sort of marked her out for Smokey. Smokey came for her in the, what in the, okay, sorry. The Banyan Tress? Yes, in the Banyan Tress. Um, But unfortunately, he was thwarted by the sonic fence. Now, this mark is very telling anyway. It's, it's called the... The three, Del- the three Delphian Epsilon? Yes. Okay. Um, or the son of the Virginia? Sounds Virginia? good. Okay. Um, which is linked to purity and the god of Apollo. Your light is blinding me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fair. By the way, folks, this is why we prefer audio feed- <laughs> feedback. Well, because- this couldn't have been shared in an audio form. Yeah. But... No, the reason this I was why. having trouble is your light is okay. like the way it's reflecting. I think Widmar may turn out to be a good guy. This is why Ben, uh, this is this is why in Ben's reign, who was being deceived, remember, he was cast out from the island. He was the one who, was rescue, who rescued Locke and told him he had to be back on the island, and Ben was the one who murdered him. Um, I think we will see him back on the island for the war that's coming and that we can see the sides are now being firmly chosen. We've been led to believe much like Smokey that Widmore, that Widmore is a bad guy. Everything's going to change in the end. What we thought was bad it isn't and vice versa. Hmm. Ben, I'm not sure about Ben. He seems to be, he's, he's been to the temple pool. He seems like he has been conned as well, but as to whether he finds ultimate redemption in the end, if he's healed by the pull as opposed to dying and being saved by Jacob, then there's hope for him. Well, that's it, guys. That's what I'm. Let's see here. That's what I'm saying. The writers are pulling on the long con, the pulling the long con on us. Absolutely. And Jacob is pulling the long con nearly 
every on everybody on the island. So again, I, I totally apologize for butcher, butchering this, um, but there is a lot of conversation happening about this. And if you go to gspn.tv slash lost233 for the show notes, there's a link to this theory in the forum and all the conversation that's happening out of it. So Stephen, very interesting stuff. I, I think you're right. I, I think that Jacob, you know, if it is good and bad, I think Jacob could be the bad and that, that, uh, you know, I have to say Man that, Black could be good. um, that this, I, I agree with Chrissy in the chat room. She said this earlier and that these weekend shows are getting difficult for me because now some of the theories are starting to feel spoilerish and I don't want to be spoiled. So I'm like, do I listen to this? I mean, do I, do I take in these theories or? Well, as long as they're theories and they're not based upon things that people are reading. But they're then, starting to feel that right. Oh, well, then. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe I I'll, mean, that they're that in depth now. And I think we're like, clearly seeing. I mean, we're leading up to something. We're leading up to two sides, a game, a battle, you know, strategy, against, you know, teams against each other. Right. I think I don't I don't think that's spoilish. I just think that that's just how can you not come to that conclusion okay. the closer we get to it? Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Amy Wright from Chattanooga called in, and this is what Amy had to say. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Amy Wright from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I'm calling for the Lost Show. Um, I meant to call it before your full review last week, or this past weekend, um, but honestly forgot. Um, last week, I don't know if you guys watched the um, recap show. They're doing the pop-up video edition of the previous weeks, and um, they crammed the two-hour season premiere into one hour with the pop-ups, and they said that um, Emma and her brother, the two kids that were on the plane, the little pop-up thing that showed when they were in the temple with Cindy and giving food to all the losties, said that their parents died in the crash, but their parents didn't die in the crash, right? Didn't, wasn't their mom supposed to pick them up in California when they landed? Um, I thought that was a pretty big, you know, error on ABC's part, the not getting it right part, because I thought I had read or heard somewhere that Damon and Carlton approved those pop-ups. I could be wrong about that because that's been a while ago. But anyways, just thought I would point that out, get y'all's opinion, see if I was right about their mom. Neither, neither one of their parents were on the plane and that they were supposed to, their mom was supposed to pick them up in California. So anyways, talk to you guys later. Can't wait for the new episode tonight. Bye. All right. So Amy, I, I, I did not watch the pop-up, but yeah, I, I've heard that they were supposed to be pretty much approving, getting some approval. But if they right. said that they died in a crash, they were absolutely wrong. Uh, and uh, it was a good catch on your part because I went to lostpedia.com to do some fact-checking for you. And uh, there, are, I checked two different places on um, one, I think for Zach's page, it says, after crashing into the water, Echo and Anosia um, rescued Emma from the water. Anna Lucia performed CPR to Emma and promised she would get her home to her parents. And Juliet asked, uh, assisted in caring for Zach and Emma, who continued to, to ask about their mother in Los Angeles weeks after the crash. Ben assured Juliet that they would stop asking in time. Juliet reminded Ben that Zach and Emma were children, to which Ben retorted that the two were on the list. So that's, that's wrong. So their name is on the list. 
possible candidates. Something tells me there's more than one list. I, well, no, that's a big list. There's lots of, lots of names in there. Okay. All right. So then Jeff Gentry posted this in the forum, and he says, per Damon... Uh, what would you say the fans are asking? Uh, let's see. What would you say the fans are asking right now? That is a complete waste of their time. Carlton Q says this one. Uh, let's see here. Are we going to answer all the tiny little minute questions? The focus should be how are the character stories going to resolve? What is the destiny of these people that were brought to this place? And then Damon Lindelof says this. He says, we're going to answer the mysteries that have relevance to the characters that were on Oceanic 815. If it doesn't have relevance to them, then we're pretty much going to let it lie there and let people theorize about it. What's relevant to the story, what's relevant to the characters on Oceanic 815 and what isn't, that's what season six is all about. Listen to this. But they said, okay, what about Cliff over there at the Weekly Lost Podcast? You know, actually, they didn't say that. But anyway, what about something like uh, what about something like what Claire Psychic said in season one? Damon Lindelof says this: the psychic said to Claire, "You have to raise your you have to raise the child yourself. Your child cannot be raised by another." Now, who's been raising Aaron? Kate? Uh, is it? Uh, let's see. Is what the psychic said relevant to the season? Absolutely, because we're playing out who's going to end up as Aaron's mom, Claire or Kate. But in terms of what made the psychic uh, psychic, we're not interested in that, which, of course, is still fine. And I think that Thomas is going to end up raising the baby because he's not a deadbeat dad. Okay, (laughs) that's my theory. Fair enough. I'm sticking to it. Ah, Anyway, Stephanie, anything else you wanted to say about this episode? About Lost. I, you know, no, not right now. Not right now. It's just, it's going to play out. It, it, it play really out. is. And even four episodes in, you know that it's not going to play out the way everybody wants it to. It can't possibly. It, it, I mean, it just can't. And I think that makes it sad. But I do love knowing that everything that is relevant to a character, mm-hmm. n- not just, okay, Damon says we're going to answer the mysteries that have relevance to the characters that were on Oceanic 815. Yes. That is the important part. Yeah. Because those are the people that we started the show with. Right. Not that not that other stories shouldn't, but I think those other stories will be resolved if it has relevance to one of those characters. Right. Does that make sense? Exactly. Yeah. So all I want to say is that um you know, I'm I'm interested to see where this goes. I believe that they're going to lead us down a path. They're going to give us they're they're going to point us to all these different things that is going to appear to be the ending. People are going to come up with theories. You know, when they're you know when we're the week before the finale, people are going to have theories that just seemingly just like wrap everything up. And they and of course by that time, I don't think everything will wrap up though. Well, well, that's what I mean. But it'll be it'll be a theory that just seems to say, "Oh, well, yeah, that's obviously it." But I really believe that at the finale, we're all going to be blown away. I mean, seriously, we're going to be blown away that nobody will have called it. Do you think that's possible? I think that that's possible. Do you I think do. So? I I do. 
Um, so if you've got theories, and I think that they've known it from the be- they've known the end from the beginning. I know. I they do have. believe that. Yeah, I do, and yeah. I think that it is just something that you know there might be one or two people out there who'll be like, "I saw that coming." Um, we we'll document it because we want links. Exactly. You know, put and, it in the forum: um, gspn.tv/forum. I'm telling you, I won't figure it out. Yeah, I, I don't I want. Won't. I'm not even trying. I ca- I gave up on theories except for my Thomas theory a long time ago. <laughs> my, t- I'm telling you, Thomas is Thomas. Thomas is going to come and and save everything. He's going to come and get Aaron from Claire's mom. And he says, "Listen, that's my child." And she's going to say, what, "What are you doing? You know, you don't have a job." He's like, "Listen, I sold all my paintings. I'm a multimillionaire now. This is my baby. You know, and the only reason I made Claire take the baby away because you know, they were going to kill him." Now that you mentioned that theory like every episode i'm pretty sure we're gonna start losing listeners you think so i do that's that's possible it is all right anyway folks check out or co-host you know or co-host got it all right let's uh for those of you who do not like who do not like to know anything about anything that might possibly be coming up we've got our lost preview coming up right now so just uh kind of just chill out for about five minutes Don't you want to know? This is Lost Away Bonnie with your preview of next week's episode. Lost Season 6, Episode 5 is called Lighthouse and will air this Tuesday at 9 p.m. on ABC. ABC's synopsis reads, Hurley must convince Jack to accompany him on an unspecified mission and Jin stumbles across an old friend. Well, I think Jin's old friend is Claire, who he actually stumbled against a couple of episodes ago when she shot the others Justin and Aldo. Justin didn't die, though, because scary Rousseau-like Claire takes him hostage. This is a Jack-centric episode, but it looks like Hurley is going to be doing a fair amount of leading. For more information on Lost Season 6, Episode 5, Lighthouse, visit lost.about.com for my previews and photos. This is Bonnie Koval for GSPN's weekly Lost podcast and lost.about.com. All right, everybody, that is it. That wraps it up. That's what's coming up next week on Lost. Sounds great. You didn't hear it. I didn't hear a thing. Uh, it's no. funny because you actually watched the previews. They don't show anything. All right. They don't. Sh- they do not show anything. Gotcha. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Weekly Lost Podcast. I just want to say how excited I am about the number of phone calls that we received this week. Absolutely awesome. That, we did have a lot. We had a lot. I'm still thinking about the pre You know, they don't even show dialogue anymore. For Lost. They didn't this week. And they didn't the week before either. So they, they don't even show dialogue on those little clips for what's coming up. Yeah, we had yeah. nine, We had I think, nine voicemails this That's week. That's a lot. So thank you, everybody, who left a voicemail. If you want to call in, uh, just go ahead and program your phone with our voicemail feedback hotline. You don't have to worry about what time you call, what time zone you live in. It, it never rings here. It just goes to... A, voicemail it's 859-795-4067 again that's 859-795-4067 and of course if you want to make sure that you get every episode of the weekly lost podcast and you have access to all of our other shows gspn.tv slash plus there's a whole bunch of information over there and not to mention the a bunch of testimonials of people who are plus members they're real life people they're real like life Tess, people. who says, sign up today or we'll nag you again tomorrow. 
Anyway, until next time, everybody, we just want to say, stay, stay lost. lost.